Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. So, Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So, what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might, or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life. From the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching program, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement program and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. This podcast is brought to you by DrunkMummySoberMummy.com and made in association with HelloSundayMorning.org, changing the world's relationship with alcohol, one Sunday at a time. Oh, the kettle's boiled. Great. Perfect timing. Should we get started then? I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Lucy Good. And this is Sober Awkward. Right, Lucy, over to you. Thanks, Vic. So whatever stage you're at on your sober journey, and Vic and I are at completely different stages, you'll know that life without booze can at times feel, what do you reckon? Awkward. Lucy and I invite you to listen to our podcast where we discuss the realities of sobriety, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the cringingly embarrassing. Our honest and open chats will help you discover what it really means to be sober. Yes, we're here like a dodgy bottle of port from your nan's drink cabinet to take the edge off sobriety and together we can learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. Gosh, I'm sorry Lucy, I've got a bit of got a bit of burpees going on. What's wrong with you this evening? I just ate my dinner really quickly before I came. It was just like loads of cauliflower and loads of broccoli with salmon and it's kind of given me a bit of a oh. bit of a something party in the in the abdomen. I think that you need to be more considerate of what you eat before you sit in a booth with me yeah, for an sorry. hour and a half. 
I'm going to try and swallow my burps. That's interesting for listeners to start with, isn't it? Lucy's plan for the day. It's generally my plan most mornings as I head out of the door is to swallow my burps. Yes, and I'd be particularly grateful if you could do it for the next hour okay, or however long it if takes I start... us to record, especially since there's lots of cauliflower involved. Yes. If, I, if my eyes start to widen... <laughs> We might have to pause, <laughs> pause the podcast so I can go outside. And I might, let or rip. I might get outside as yeah, fast as I bloody outside. can. <laughs> and the booth mm. will shake. Anyway. <laughs> like Bart Simpson. Uh, looking forward to this one. Yes, we apologise in advance that we've just pulled up at the recording studio and there's loads of massive trucks outside resurfacing the road. So... We were in the booth, so it should be all right, but you might hear some rumblings. <laughs> and it's not Vic. <laughs> it's not me. There's some, lots of rumblings in the nether regions it, going Vic's on. Vic's just said that so she can blame her rumblings <laughs> on the trucks outside. Oh, it's the men outside. Some <laughs> Nothing me, to do with me. Yeah, it's weird because it's Sunday evening when we usually record. You would have yeah. thought that it was the perfect time to have peace and quiet, no. but no. no. There's some road go stuff going but on. But that's all right. We can handle that. We can handle anything. We're sober. Yes, we can do anything. We can go and fight them outside yes. can't we they make too much noise but they're very lovely I had a nice chat with one of them oh, anyway good. so anyway hello everyone hello <laughs> yeah. enough of that waffle <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the podcast to our lovely listeners uh, hi Vic how are you yeah good yep we had a lovely high tea this week didn't we Lucy we managed to redo our day out that we missed when my son Freddie got unwell and we went up into the hinterland and and had a high tea and and a nice facial didn't we yeah, we did. It all worked out in the end. We were a bit, we were feeling a little bit anxious, weren't we? Because last time we attempted it, obviously Vic's son got ill and it was all a bit of a disaster. But we thought, no, we're going to power on and we're going to give this another go. Yeah. And um, I had a terrible morning at home, which I don't usually. And I thought, oh God, it's all going to go wrong again. But we we carried on and we had a really nice day out. We went and. Um, had this high tea where you were meant to have a nice glass of champagne but of course we forewent the champagne and the lady said to us when we got there are you here celebrating anything (laughs) (laughs) Vic said yeah Lucy's a year sober she was good actually she didn't she didn't like step back in horror and scream <laughs> go, oh my god these alcoholics in the house she didn't run and hide with the alcohol no. in the venue no. quick everybody <laughs> lock down there's a, some old boozers in the house no she was actually sweet and said congratulations I think didn't she and yeah. said what what teas and gave us the tea menu didn't she so which Vic then complained which about. I did complain about because I've realized after thinking about this week I do complain a lot when I go out and it's since I gave up drinking and because I don't have the treat of alcohol anymore, which of course I realise now wasn't a treat. But anyway, I always feel like I want something special when I'm out. So my food and my drinks when I'm out now are important to me. And if they're not right or hot enough or the right milk or the right salad yeah. dressing, I do get a bit annoyed. Yeah, you do. And it's very embarrassing. I'm not annoyed with people. <laughs> I'm just annoyed with the actual no. thing. I get what you're saying and you're not rude when you... No. Although you did go marching across the restaurant with teacup in hand. With my sleeves rolled up <laughs> and the steam coming out of my ears. And she was actually proved wrong. She wanted the chai. It was the chai. It was the chai. It just wasn't a spicy one. I do like a spicy chai. No, you I take a little a little pocket of, of chilli with me everywhere I go because that's always my problem is it's not it's spicy not as you've been in Thailand for too many years yeah, that's, I have, that's yeah. why but no you're not you, you say, when we, you say that make it sound like you're a right pain in the ass. but you're not I wasn't, you're very, I wasn't you're very polite yeah. um, but I do understand it's the same as 
today my kids sort of returned home from their Saturday nights out and they wanted this, that and the other. And I just made a salad for lunch and I'm like, no, just leave me. Leave me. I need to just sit and enjoy my lunch. Yes. You know, I, I have to just take a lot of pleasure in this moment of eating. Yes. Because uh, eating such a important pleasure to me now. Yeah. And it's good because we shouldn't be running around and eating. We should be enjoying and being mindful of the things that we, the little things in our life. Yeah, and they're the things do. we look forward to now. Yeah. It's like having a nice cuppa, a nice coffee in the morning, and a good feed. So I don't want those things to not work out well. <laughs> so if anyone dare get anything wrong, get anything wrong, you've got the wrath of me. <laughs> their coffee's not hot enough. Or if there aren't two slices of toast with their poached exactly. egg in the morning. Exactly, things like that. There you go. Another perfect example of me mm. being completely over the top and wanting things my way. So, yeah, I hate myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I go out with her. She embarrasses you gotta me watch, you gotta every watch, time. Yeah, gotta, Waiter, come here. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> the bread is at the wrong angle on the plate. <laughs> I asked for a vegan paleo sausage from Harrods. <laughs> Uh, uh, we may be laughing, but it's true, listeners. It's, it's true. true. It happens. Oh, dear. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Lucy? Well, today we're going to discuss alcohol in relation to COVID-19, yeah. which is sort of... not. We're not coming to the tail end. I mean, I don't think the pandemic is over by any means but I certainly feel where we're sitting in Australia that we've reached a turning point and of course we've got listeners from all over the world so depending on where you you are your situation in relation to the pandemic is quite different to ours but I would say worldwide as a whole we're at a turning point and we're sort of coming out certainly of the lockdown phases which is what we want to focus on today really the lockdowns and the impact that they've had on people in relation to drinking yeah exactly let's face it it's been a very weird 18 months we've changed we wash our hands more we don't hug as much we do strange elbow wagging when we meet and we feel like terrible people if we sneeze or burp at the supermarket (laughs) but slowly and surely things are getting back to normal Um, But there is one thing that might stick around, though. One thing that some relied upon too much that took the edge off and made life during the pandemic a little more bearable. Yes, it's our COVID crutch, our isolation answer. The lockdown lean-to booze. Alcohol. Yes. Statistics show, you know we love some statistics on this show, (laughs) Statistics show that Australians drank over 20% more during the peak of the crisis. And now, in the aftermath, the pandemic is spewing out another side effect. Lots of people, especially women, are dealing with a newfound problem with drinking. They certainly are. And it's amazing how quickly a casual sundowner can morph into something more sinister, Vic. But being stuck at home with online access to wine delivery service has left its mark on society and on some people already 
who are having dysfunctional relationships with booze. Yeah. I watched an interest as friends made excuses to drink earlier in the day. I listened as justifications for lunchtime beers were slipped into conversations. The yeahs, the why nots and the we may as wells. Yeah, there was lots of them and there was lots of those and I was uh, I was certainly guilty of them. It's a kind of fuck it attitude, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, fuck it. This is all shit. Let's all just get pissed. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. just another excuse. You've got perfect excuse perfect to have a drink. Perfect excuse, yeah. Wine o'clock for most people used to be after 5pm. I don't know. Was it ever for you, Vic? It was always earlier for me. Yeah. But yes, most normal people, it was after 5pm. But homeschooling, loss of work, stress of the unknown and sheer boredom has made it acceptable to reach into the fridge whenever it felt necessary. Yeah, so today we want you to stop Googling am I an alcoholic? And really identify if your relationship with alcohol has become a problem during the pandemic. We want you to hear our words, recognise the issue and take charge before you reach rock bottom. This episode is designed for those who are having difficulties getting hold on their drinking now the lockdowns are over. But even if it wasn't lockdown that affected your drinking and you're simply drinking too much and want to give up or you've already stopped and are looking for extra sobriety tips, food for thought and encouragement, we think you'll find this a super helpful listen. Yes, Lucy and I want to go over all the different signs that you're drinking too much in order to help you recognise that your drinking habit is in need of attention. We want to help you look at your behaviours and understand them without shame, without judgement, so you can step out of the rut and hopefully into a healthier, sober life. Yep, that's right. So put your feet up and listen as we try to understand how COVID has given birth to a whole other pandemic. Hmm. It's crazy, really, to think that even the pandemic hap- is happening and has happened, <coughs> let alone the repercussions of it, you know, the negative repercussions that are causing all sorts of other problems. So oh, yeah. not and, only is it yeah. is it to do with the actual disease or the, the virus itself, but then the, the fallout from mm. that. One yeah. thing I, I mean, I don't know what it was like in other countries, but one thing I always found <clears throat> quite almost laughable, but worrying at the same time with the pandemic was the emergency services that were able to continue operating when we were all in lockdown. Incredible, yeah. And um, they were the supermarkets, the chemists, and the what we call the bottleos, the bottle shops, the off-licenses, yeah. the booze shops were classed as a, essential. An, an essential service Yeah, that's over just here. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. How mad is that? I suppose they're just trying to numb everyone out so that they don't leave their houses. I mean, that's the way to get everybody to stay at home. In what world can alcohol be an essential service? That's that's the societal problem right there, isn't it? It's like the government, everyone's making money out of it, so they're like, this is still okay. Everything else isn't, but this is because it's taxed and we make lots of money from it. Yeah, and we've got to keep the economy going, so keep drinking, everybody. Yeah. God. Bit of a worry. Bit of a worry. Let's start with a few stats again. Oh, yes, we do like some stats. Vic, Vic went mad on her stats. I did, because I think it's important yeah. for this podcast because you need to know the difference and the change in the last two years for people and find out exactly when too much alcohol is, is too much, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and hopefully if people are struggling with drinking after the pandemic or we're still in it, in the in the pandemic, and they hear some of these stats, it will help you understand that you're not alone. Yeah, 
And that everybody is doing yeah, it. Yeah, lots of people are struggling. Yeah. So death in England and Australia from liver disease linked to excessive drinking jumped by an unprecedented 21% last year. Wow. Um, and this was when the coronavirus pandemic struck. Wow. Yeah, pubs, clubs and restaurants were closed, but the total volume of alcohol sold barely fell, suggesting people switched to drinking at home instead. And they most certainly did. Consumer data or data, depending on what country you're I in. I say data. <laughs> data. <laughs> um, it's data over here in Australia, so I'm going to stick with that as that's the country I'm in at the moment. Showed a 24% increase in the litres of alcohol sold in shops and supermarkets during the year to the end of March 2021 compared with the previous 12 months. Gosh, yeah, that's a lot. That's a mm. huge increase. I mean, we do laugh about our stats, but Lucy and I, you know, we, we do love a few stats, but it does make it sound very clinical, like the numbers that we're talking about. We must remember that what we are talking about here aren't just figures. They're people. Real lives, people that have gone because of alcohol. I mean, those percentages of people that died, that's 21%. That's a lot of people that have, have died. Um, their mums, dads, brothers, sisters, friends, colleagues and neighbours have all lost their lives to alcohol, a substance so widely accepted and almost encouraged, but one that is controlling, addictive and ultimately life-threatening. So those numbers, they're not just numbers, they're people. They're people's lives that have ended because of alcohol. And that's why this topic is serious. Yeah, and because we're, we're coming to the tail end of a pandemic which has increased the, the problem with alcohol for people. Something really needs to be done. Yeah. I'm feeling like that at the moment. I mean, even just reading those stats. I mean, I know we've read them before, but just reading them out loud like that, it, it makes me feel a bit panicky yeah, it makes inside. Me feel a bit angry as well. It's like, come on, like, why are we still pushing this? We know it's bad for our society. Mm. It just makes me angry that the whoever's in charge is, is still allowing this to happen. And it's because the backlash, I guess, would be so huge if they started to deny everybody's favourite drug. It would yeah. be like, right, there'd be total chaos, wouldn't there, if the pubs all closed down and they said you couldn't have a beer after mm. work. Yeah, but imagine if they had kept the bottle shops closed. Yeah, they should have done. I mean, the different, I reckon those stats would be quite different. Yeah, and people might have had an opportunity for change. Yeah, yeah. It's like instead of changing to drink more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so let's talk about COVID and uh, what it was like for yeah, us. Yeah, how was it for you, Lucy? I know that you've had a bit of a different experience for yeah. me because I was sober during the whole pandemic, whereas you were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to let you say that about me because a drunk. <laughs> It's like I'm the one who drunk throughout my entire one, mothering yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, you're the naughty one here. I'm the angel child. Actually, Vic, I'm going to correct you because, okay. um, I mean, we talk about lockdowns, but really it's a bit of a joke because we were so lucky here on the Sunshine Coast in Australia. Our lockdowns were minuscule um, and they did really have very little effect on us. Um, I'm, well, that, that's not really fair to say. They did. They did have an effect, but I think in comparison to what other people across the world have been through. But... Funnily enough, because of when I, I gave up drinking, I was actually a pisshead for one lockdown and sober for another. So I can actually tell you the yeah. difference between being in lockdown pissed and being in lockdown sober. And I will tell you right now, it was way better being in um, a lockdown sober. But um, I was it, worried what you were going to say there. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I will say that when the first one happened and I was still drinking, um, I did 
I, I was pleased that I was a drinker then. Um, it was like everybody was starting to drink more and everyone was starting to drink behind closed doors and people were becoming pissheads and they were becoming introverts because they had no choice. And I was like, I am already a behind closed door <laughs> yeah. introvert pisshead. I was like, I'm already for once in my life, I'm a step ahead of everyone else. <laughs> I was like, That's this, brilliant. this is my moment to shine. Yeah, you're like the leader. I, <laughs> yeah, I can really teach some people how to do this. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I laugh about it, but I genuinely felt like that. I, I, I was like, "This is this is great." Mm. Um, I can remember when we went into lockdown because it was like, "Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen?" And it did. I just remember almost switching off, grabbing the wine, turning on the TV, and thinking, "Here we go, selling." Yeah, yeah, this is it. This is perfect. Gosh. This is for me. Yeah, that is how I felt. But obviously, next morning, because big drinking went on that night next morning I felt terrible I had two teens and if if you've had teens during a lockdown they're probably the hardest age um, mm, to, to work through a lockdown lot, with yeah. yeah yeah and also they kind of they have their own lives they do their own things you don't have total control over teens so they go out when you say you mustn't go out mm. so there was a lot of talk about values and the right thing to do so it was a bit of a head fuck yeah and doing that with a hangover was really hard when it came to doing the next one by which time I was had been sober for a while and was really comfortable in my sobriety I went and bought heaps of really nice food Mm. we were hanging out as a family we were eating together I was getting up in the morning and I was feeling good and the effect that it had on my kids they didn't want to get out of the house they were quite enjoying just being at home with me they Mm. wanted to be with me because I was sober I was in their world I wasn't drinking to escape like I always did did um I just ask quickly, we just go back a step. Did your drinking, I know your drinking, you were, you were quite a heavy drinker at the start of the pandemic. Um, did your drinking increase um, at home during the pandemic when you had that period of drinking then? I would say it did. Yeah. Um, because my life changed so little, because I was already an introvert drinker yeah. at home, um, it would have increased, yes, because I was. It was like I can allow myself. Everyone's doing it, mm-hmm. so I, I was having the excuse to have the other bottle of wine, whereas yeah. before I may have thought I'm not going to. Okay. So yes, it did, but it didn't. It wasn't a really noticeable change because I was already so bad. Um, and I think for me as well, and I'm sure it was the same for you, Vic, we've got family in the UK. We were really, really worried about them. Yeah. Um, and I was especially worried about my elderly father who was in the UK on his own. And we were really worried about in that first lockdown that people we knew were going to die hmm. um, and people that we loved were going to die. And, you know, what better excuse is there? than to reach for a drink than something as awful as that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my, my experiences with lockdowns and the pandemic have been very different. And I love, in a way, the fact that they have been and I'm able to compare the two. Yeah. Um, it's really helpful for our listeners as well to hear like, two different stories from one person and say, look, it's blatantly clear that you being sober in the second lockdown that we had here, even though it was short, it was a, a better experience for you and for your girls. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you, there's, that just makes it so clear how life is better when you're sober. Yeah. Um, tell us about you in lockdown. Lockdown with three little kids yeah. and a husband. Yes. I mean, 
it was different for us here in Australia, as you've already mm. said. Lockdown for us was, you know, we stayed at home, we hung out, we made cookies the size of our heads. We were into doing all the sort of fancy dress stuff each day and, like, mm. we did the pub choir and... I mean, yes, when you, I don't know whether you had it in England, but it was like when you did like a group web singing yeah. thing, which was really fun. Um, I found the homeschooling very, very stressful because it just made me realise how stupid I am. <laughs> I couldn't do any of the maths. <laughs> I was like, this is not how you do maths. Oh, they've changed it all, Vic, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I couldn't understand. Yeah. It's all algebra and Ys and Xs. And I was like, oh... I just cannot understand this. So I'd usually do about an hour and just go, right, like, let's go for a walk. I just couldn't. It was a little bit stressful. Obviously, having three kids at home is stressful. But I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think in that time, I was so aware that the rest of the world was having such a worse time than we are that I had to just be grateful and try and just get through it and get on with it. And and actually, that was the one thing that kept me really inspired through the whole pandemic was to see how people dealt with it. It was the same for me after, you know, I had, had bars in Thailand and I was I wasn't there at the time of the tsunami. I was actually in in Australia on holiday, but I lost my business and my bar. And it was the same feeling afterwards. I flew back to Thailand to go and find the boyfriend that had gone missing at the time. And it was the same feeling of people just getting on with things, you know. This is happening to us, but yet, as a human race, we're going to get on with it. Mm. And we're going to fight and we're going to be strong and, you know, things are going to change, but we're going to get through this. And that sort of feeling of the human spirit in the face of adversity, which was the same after the tsunami, was very, very inspiring. And, and I tried to keep that at the forefront of my mind when I did feel those moments of fear. There was one day when it all started where, you know, we did didn't really feel like we knew what was going on. We, it felt like we were in a movie or something, didn't it? Mm. I remember dropping my son George off at school and him looking at me and I said, are you all right? And he was like, no, I want to mm. come home. And, and just taking him home and realising he had a fear of, of being out of the house. And he looked scared because he didn't know and I couldn't tell him what was happening because nobody knew. And that, I think that was the only time I really felt I went home and cried and was like, oh gosh, what is happening in the world right now? It feels really out of control. And I did have those moments, but really I, I felt very, very lucky throughout the pandemic. I felt like one of the lucky people, you know, and I know that a lot of people were, were terribly affected by it. But here we were, we were tr I think I was trying to be grateful for, for what, for where I was and, and who I was with and try to keep my head level like that. And, of course, being sober did help with that. And um, how do you think you would have dealt with it if you weren't sober? God, I, th I would have just gone on some drinking bender. And imagine that with three kids, like, just getting off my head every night and just drinking through it. I would have been, like, just sort of flopped around on the sofa all day and then hungover and anxiety mm. plus a global pandemic. <laughs> it wouldn't have gone well. I know Not my, a good mix. No, my fear, like, it didn't, you know, I had the fear of going to the toilet. Like, when, when I was hungover, I had the fear of everything. Then you add a pandemic on top of that. Imagine... That feeling of lo losing control of everything times a million, wouldn't it? Well, and there it is. And that's why people were picking up a exactly. drink or whatever it was that they needed because they were absolutely terrified. Yeah. And they'd already started drinking. They'd started the drinking hangover cycle. Yeah. I know it because I was in it with one of the lockdowns. And you just keep going. Yeah. You keep going. And you almost, you know, when you talk about George and taking him in, him into school, you really reminded me of that moment at the very beginning where mm. it really was surreal that this is actually happen happening is to us. I remember saying to um, one of my teens who was trying to go out, you know, 
this is a time in history. You know, this is something that you will remember forever. You will be telling your grandkids about this. You need to do the right thing. And that means follow the rules and don't go out. Mm. Because it was just such a momentous, huge thing that was happening to us. And we, we had all lost control. We had no idea where this was going. Yeah. Um, and gosh, that's a perfect recipe, isn't it? Yeah, for disaster. For disaster and for picking up a drink. Yeah. So I think to the listeners, such as myself, um, for one of the lockdowns, but those who drunk through them both or are feeling or all of their lockdowns, however many had, but those people who are struggling with their drinking following the lockdown, please be kind to yourself yeah. because... It was such a hard time. It still is a hard time. And you're not to be blamed for reaching for a drink if that was what made you feel better. But what it's about now is perhaps changing those habits that you created and moving forward in a a more positive way. And I think the first way you can do that is by accepting that it was okay. You reached for a drink. You're not to blame. Mm. None of us. And lots of people reached for drinks. They did. I wonder in the other pandemics, you know, the Spanish flu and Mm. 100 years ago, I wonder if the alcohol intake increased then. Oh, it would have, I'm sure. And during all the other kind of like the plague and things like that. My brother in England, he lives, he used to live in in a place called Eme, which is in Derbyshire. And in Eme, it's a famous little town because... During the Black Plague in 16, wherever it was, um, the people there um, kind of went down in history because the plague reached them in the middle of England, sort of like between Manchester and London, sort of halfway. And it reached that area and the village got together and had a meeting and decided to cordon off their village from the north of England and they sacrificed all of their own lives and it actually stopped the plague spreading across wow. the rest of England so wherever you go in Eam most of the people in the village died and when you go to the graveyard there there's all people that died within the same couple of months during the Black Plague that all the gravestones are during that same time so it's a really fascinating place to go around Like these people left a legacy behind yeah. from the Black Plague many 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 years ago and that's kind of like what we're doing like we're trying to stop the spread which is just what they did you know what we're doing and what we're trying to do is to help our fellow humans by stopping the spread and saving people's lives so you know you can be proud even if you did drink you you stayed home and you tried to do something to help your fellow humans and and that's a wonderful thing and now's the time to break out of those habits and you know and move forward from it that's such an incredible story Vic I want to go to that village that sounds (laughs) amazing I've got a bit of a frog in my throat oh gosh oh no what's coming next it's the Covid (laughs) (laughs) oh no and I'm stuck in a booth with her. Honestly, being <laughs> yeah. in the booth with this woman, it's terrifying yeah, sorry, in every way. It's out now. <laughs> um, well, that's right. And I think it is about spinning it on its head now, you know, and saying I did my best. Um, but unfortunately, I, I was drinking too much and now I can't stop. So let's look at it another way. Let's look at it, look at it in a more positive light and let's turn it around yeah. um, for ourselves now so that we can have a better future. And that's what we want to try and help people do yeah. in this chat. So next we're going to talk about the reasons why people turned to alcohol 
during the lockdown. Yeah, so maybe you can recognise that, look, these are some reasons why. They're quite good reasons, actually. Like, they're good excuses mm. to drink. Like, I can I can understand why people did. Obviously, the first one is homeschooling. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so we've been through that one a little bit already. But, like, yeah, that is after that stress, depending on how many children you've got. As well, I mean, imagine Alan with four kids trying to homeschool. Oh, oh bless gosh. him, Alan. We're going to give you full respect. We're going to give yeah, you a high five when we nice. come out I think it would be nice to him today. Yeah, we'll be nice to him because that would have been hell. He probably didn't do it. His wife probably did it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was probably in the shed Floating having a around on the pool on, with a, on a floaty <laughs> with a cocktail. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, homeschooling for us was very short-lived. We only did it for a short time and yes. my girls would just have a laptop while they were in bed. It was yeah. like laughable almost, but I know some people did it for many, many months. Yeah, especially in England as well. Stressful. Yeah, it would have been super stressful. So, yeah. Um, of course, isolation, just not being um, around other people, not being able to go to the bar and meet your friends and have a drink and really feeling alone so having a drink to to erase that feeling yeah and just you know imagine if you there's so many different situations with that like if you've split up with someone or if you've recently been in a relationship and then you're suddenly on your own so you've got that to deal with plus the pandemic plus isolation I mean these things could all be layered on top of each other for some people so you could be homeschooling in isolation with all of these things all these things happening that are all pushing you towards have a drink aren't they in fact funnily enough on my single mum Facebook group we had a lady come on today and say that she how do you deal with missing someone her partner is on um, is in another state and mm. they haven't seen one another for I think eight weeks and she said I just really really miss him and has anyone got any tips on how to deal with that I mean you know it just goes to show that there's still people out there suffering and if you're feeling alone or you're missing someone that's a form of sadness mm. and how do we deal with that we sometimes pick up a drink because yeah. it makes us feel less sad yeah it makes us feel less alone mm. I mean I definitely felt like I wasn't alone when I if I was drinking alone you suddenly feel like you're not alone you almost have like a personal party in your head don't you you like, do oh yeah I'm alright now like, well absolutely you do and I think I made a point of it further down um, on this list that you just feel as though you've got a friend there if yes. you're drinking I used to definitely feel that alcohol was my mate and when I gave up drinking I felt that I had lost my best mate that was how I felt so yeah. immediately if you feel lonely or isolated pick up a drink yeah. and you feel less alone yeah. you really do don't you yeah you do but actually what you're doing is you're just blocking out the feelings of feeling yeah. alone and it's kind of just a fallacy yes. that yes. you're <laughs> that glass of red wine is not really your best that friend is not your buddy it has no personality no. it's not funny no. It won't tell you if your label's sticking out on no. the back of your dress on a night out. Or if you've got something stuck in your teeth. Yeah. It is not your best mate. It is a glass of wine. That's all it is. Yeah. It is object. not your best mate. It's actually a poison. It so is I hate, a poison. Hate to so tell it's your, an enemy. Yeah. It is an enemy. It is. It's your worst enemy, actually. Yes. So stress. Yeah, that's an obvious one. Stress with everything. As I said that day with George, that made me feel very, very stressed. Mm. Fear of the unknown is a huge stress during the pandemic. Like, what is going to happen to us? Is the world going to end? I mean, it was as serious as that, wasn't (laughs) it? It It sounds far-fetched. And if we'd watched a movie about it a year before, we'd have been like, that's never going to happen. 
And I remember seeing people with masks on in airports years ago. I'd be like, oh, look at that person. They've got a mask on. How weird. Yes. And thinking it was the strangest thing ever. And it's just now, as it's passed, we've normalised it and we've normalised like the pandemic. It doesn't feel as scary. Yeah. And we've, we've normalised drinking alongside it even more, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. And that's where the problem is. And stress, I mean, all you have to do is think, I'm going to have a drink later. You don't even have to have the drink. That That eliminates stress in your life. Yeah. So money and work, they're the next two, aren't they? So they're related. Yeah. So if you've lost your job, you're not getting payments from the government for whatever reason, you've got rent to pay, you've got your mortgage to pay, plus a pandemic. Like Again, they're layered up, aren't they, on top of each other. They are. There's going to be a lot going on if you're staying at home with a family or on your own or any of these reasons. So, yeah, anything laying up. I mean, to worry about money at that time would have been awful, especially if you're mm. a cafe owner or a restaurant owner. Those people are under a lot of pressure. No wonder watching your business completely fall apart before your eyes mm. because of something that's completely out of your control. Yes. Like, imagine having achieved like something really that you've dreamt of all your life. You've opened the doors to your new cafe and the people are flooding in and then suddenly it's like, boom. And that's what it was like, wasn't it? Everything just shut down just yeah. like that. It was almost unbelievable. It would be heartbreaking for most yeah. people, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, their little would. businesses terrible yeah. um, and let's hope those people are now getting their businesses up and running I yeah. really hope they are um, what about relationships Vic because um, <sighs> and, and that's not just relationship with your partner relationships with your kids perhaps relationships with family on the other side of the world and holding those together when everyone's worried and stressed and not knowing what to do I know when we you know that moment that you're talking about when we first realised we were in the middle of a worldwide health pandemic I was going to get on a plane and fly back to see my dad you know mm. had I have done that and that would have been a really rash decision I probably would never have got back again I'd probably no. still be over there yeah. so yeah dealing with the people that you love um, and, and dealing with those relationships and um, also those relationships we have to mention is the domestic violence relationships yes which often are caused by alcohol as well of course like imagine being in that situation and then being oh, locked down with that people yeah. so yeah we, we're thinking about people that have, have done that reach out for help if you've got a, uh, and a that is only partner. and that is only exacerbated by alcohol oh, gosh yeah that would be absolutely terrible so yeah to feel awful for people that mm. have been in that situation um of course then there's missing out on things as well uh all the things our kids missed out on i mean that was really heartbreaking i know that my year 12 student is she's just finishing up school now and she's got her formal this wednesday but all those poor kids in australia and in england i mean i don't know what the date is that they all finished school in england but they missed out on their yeah. end of year formal and graduation yeah they missed out on their big week-long break that they have over here called schoolies where they go partying for yeah. a week it all got cancelled um, so for younger kids older kids adults we were all missing out people's weddings were cancelled exactly. even all their exams <gasps> yeah, like the covid generation pick up a drink yeah for sure um yeah so holidays of course we're all gonna miss holidays everybody's desperate to go on holiday now I mean, it would be lovely to go yes. to England again and see everybody. And still I'm sure that's going to happen. But yes. but yeah, it is still a worry. Um, I put here, we might die anyway. That was one of the reasons that people <laughs> turned to alcohol during lockdown. Yeah. There was a sense of, well, it looks like we're not going to be here much longer. I may as well drink. Why yeah. worry about my future and my health? And it kind of makes me think, of, because I'm a bit obsessed with the Titanic, because I, I met the oldest survivor of the Titanic once on an aeroplane on the way to LA. No way. Yeah, yeah I've got her autograph. Her 
name was Edwina Trow. She was saved in lifeboat number 13 and she was 99 when I met her on the play. That's incredible. Yeah. So ever since then, I've been quite obsessed with the Titanic and I've read lots of books about it. But Mm. um, one of the bakers on the Titanic, as it was going down, apparently he was pissed out of his head, but he was absolutely on fire because he could feel no pain and he was just saving everybody and running around and just being a superstar. Um, But it reminds me as, as well of on the Titanic, the band playing as they went down and people were actually drinking and just trying to enjoy the last moments yeah, of their life. Along, so yeah. there is a little bit of a correlation between the, the sinking of the Titanic and, and people just making the most of those last, whatever they were, a few hours. And I guess the pandemic did feel down. like a, a sinking ship did, at some yeah. points, didn't it? It was like, gosh, yeah. we're going down with this. Yeah. We may as well just sit at home and drink through it. Yeah, what's the point of worrying about what my liver's like in a year's yeah. time? I yeah. might not even be yeah. here. Exactly. Mm. That's a really good excuse to drink, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, quickly, Lucy, before we carry on, I just, seeing as we've mentioned Alan and haven't spoken to him yet, I just want to ask him, I know he's a bit grumpy and doesn't like people anyway, so I just want to ask him what his isolation was like. How was it, Alan? I'm still in isolation now. What? What, you haven't come out? <laughs> what, you haven't not told your family that the that lockdowns have ended? <laughs> haven't seen them. He's locked himself in a room, probably, isn't he? He probably lives in the booth. Yeah, he just here. stays here, actually. He probably lives here and yeah. doesn't go home. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to say, for people who don't really get like being around people, such as myself and Alan, I mean, there is quite a lot to be said for lockdown. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sober people as well. I mean, sober mm. people, it stops those invites it that really we dread. Does. It's <laughs> yeah. perfect. Oh, I can so... stay home forever. It solves quite a few problems, yeah. actually. Pottering around all day. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Pottering around, knitting. Yeah. Making cakes. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I've just quickly looked up um, what the government considers to be an acceptable level of alcohol intake so we can identify what is too much, which is what we were talking about earlier. Um, men and women are advised not to drink more than 14 units per week on a regular basis. So just because we're going to try and recognise what is too much, me and Lucy just wanted to find that out. Um, so basically... Lucy, during the pandemic, what were you drinking when you were in that stage of, you know, the boozy pandemic part? Probably on average about two bottles of wine a day. Okay, so one bottle of wine is between seven and nine units. And a little bit of lighter fluid when it ran out. Oh, yeah. We'll go into that story (laughs) a little bit more, shall we? So what happened there, Lucy? Oh, I, uh, yes, well, some some of the... uh, uh, occasionally, uh, when I was with my what I call my enabler, mm. my little friend who uh, encouraged me to drink, mm. um, and I encouraged him to drink as well. Um, if we ran out of wine um, and all the bottles were closed, we would occasionally get the lighter fluid and mix it oh with frozen fruit in the blender to make a cocktail. And how was that, Lucy, that cocktail? Tasted great at the time. Mind-blowing. I mean, Tasted great. That's as bad as me drinking the petrol that time. Yeah, no, it was It was a real, yeah, that was a massive red flag. A massive low. Yeah. I will say it wasn't my idea. Yeah. But of course, then when I was home alone and I ran out of wine, it was like, oh, there's that other bottle of stuff. I could have some of that to the point where I actually had to throw it out. 
Gosh, and I will tell that's you, real desperation, I haven't it? actually bought it again. I've never lit that fire oh, since. God, that's awful, Lucy. It makes me feel, it's funny that you did that. I know we laugh about these sort of things, but like, mm. really, that is terrible, isn't it? Yeah. If someone else was telling us that, we'd be all shocked and judgmental, yeah. wouldn't we? Yeah. Because it's you, I just expect it of you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, your depravity never amazes me anymore because I just know, <laughs> know the depths of one day I'm going to really shock you with something. I'm really? going to think of something. <laughs> oh, gosh. But it's just a about that desperation to keep escaping. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to, or, or the realisation, that, that sort of feeling that, yes, I know I've drunk too much and tomorrow it's going to be a really shit day. I don't want mm. to come back to reality. I need to keep drinking and there is no wine left in the house. So you've got um, to do something. Yeah, and um, also, I mean, for me, there it, it was, I mean, I know that some people drink mouthwash, Mm-hmm. Um, or I would put some night nurse, and a lot of people might not know what night nurse is. It's a it's like a codeine based yeah, cough syrup, I think. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it helps you sleep. Um, so put some of that in with the last glass of red wine just to make it more potent. Oh, it's also toxic, isn't it? That you yeah. felt. I mean, that's why I feel sad because to think of you doing that to numb yourself out and just and how mm. I just can't imagine you like that now like because you're so sparkly eyed and happy and you know yes. and to think of you doing those things it does fill me with a sense of sadness yeah but just just for people listening just think of this though I was in that state in one lockdown yeah by the next lockdown I was actually happily sober yeah so that's how how quickly things can change even if they're really bad they can change and they can become really good so yeah. never give up hope never give up hope it's a, you're a perfect example Lucy you're a shining light in that respect <laughs> you really are I've I just never... won't put a match near you <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you will be a shining light <laughs> so, I think I might mentioned it before I had a friend who used yes. to say after a night out drinking put don't, a match li- don't light a match near her because I used to your breath was like dragon Dragon, dragon breath, <laughs> like my cauliflower breath now. Oh, how yeah. things have changed. Oh, yes, how they have. I smell of mung but... beans. <laughs> yes, what was it? We were going to talk on the phone earlier and I said, oh, I can't talk just now. We're talking five. I'm just marinating some tofu. Sad, isn't it? What have we become? Yeah, so just quickly, I just wanted to go over like what is too much. So a bottle of wine is seven to nine units depending on the strength. So Lucy there was saying mm. she was probably having, during that first part of the pandemic, two bottles of wine a night. So one bottle of wine um, a night uh, for a week actually equals 49 units depending mm. on the strength mm. of the wine. So you were having double that, Lucy. So it actually means you were having seven times your recommended units per week. So one bottle of wine per night for one week is 49 units. That's your weekly intake in two nights. That's over three and a half times your units per week. Mm. So that one bottle of wine is too much. Yeah, and no wonder I felt so bloody awful and wanted to carry on drinking. Exactly. So during the pandemic, it seems a lot of people were consuming their weekly amount in one or two evenings. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think that there is ever an acceptable level um, or an intake with alcohol, Vic? Um, should, Should the government not be pushing for zero units? I definitely think so now. Like, because I can see the bigger picture of what alcohol is doing to our society and individuals and communities and relationships and all of these things, I I would definitely say that the government should be pushing towards zero. 
But, you know, that's never going to happen because everybody bloody loves the stuff, don't they? Well, they do. And also some people don't have the problem that we have with no. it. So I think if pe- it's a shame to take it away from those people who can actually enjoy some of it sensibly. Mm, I don't know. That's where we differ a little we bit, do. I think. Yeah, yeah, Because I don't think... I think those people are still not being their authentic selves in a, in a you know, social situation. Mm. If you feel like you have to drink, therefore, I think there is some form of addiction there and there's self, some form of you wanting to numb out the person who you truly are. And I don't think you'll, you'll get to experience all the benefits of sobriety if you're continuing to drink throughout your life. I think you have to stop to be able to absorb all the you know, mm. all the wonderful things that come with sober living. Um, so, yeah, I do know people that still drink and drink happily and can have one or two and stop and things like that. But part of me with them still thinks, well, why don't you just not drink? Like, what is the point of putting that toxic substance into your body when you could just have a lemonade? You know, people say, oh, we were bonding. I'm like, I've never bonded when I was drinking. I was just dribbling on people and just mm. being a mess. And I just think, well, it's just a lot of fallacies that, that people believe, whereas in fact we'd probably all be better off if we didn't drink. It would be great if it wasn't around in the world and it never had been here. Yeah. The fact is it is a real problem and I feel like there's diff- two different groups of people. We are putting one of two groups on this planet and you're either someone who can handle it or someone who can't. Mm. And I think the the pandemic has, has moved a lot of people from one group yeah. to another. So yeah. we've got many more people in that group where they used to be able to handle it, yeah. but now they can't. Yeah, you're stepping into the red zone, basically, yeah. since, since COVID. Yeah. So what are the signs that your lockdown COVID drinking habit has become a problem? We've got a bit of a list here that we're just going to whiz through. Mm. Um, yeah, so you drink more than you planned. Yeah, yeah. did that all the time. Failing at moderation, that is, isn't it, really? Yeah. Your tolerance has gone up. Yep, so you need more to, yep, you need to feel more. normal. You need that second. You're cracking open that second bottle. Yes, yeah, or the third sometimes. Um, you're having cravings, like I really need a drink. Yeah, and those cravings are getting earlier in the day probably yep. as well. Your interest in other activities is waning. Yeah, that's a really good one. I remember talking to somebody from your group, actually, Vic, who um, said to me once that she lost interest in everything else in life apart from alcohol. And I can relate to that, actually. So, yeah, if you notice that you're not really interested in doing anything else, that's a red flag. Yeah, and because you're too hungover, it's like, oh, I can't bother to yeah. do anything today. I don't want to do anything. I yeah. just want to slob around. And, and that takes us on to the next one, which yeah. is hangovers preventing you from doing things that you usually like doing. Yeah, of course. Um, you're having withdrawal so a hangover is a type of withdrawal believe it or not Mm. people like that is your body saying give me more alcohol so therefore I feel like shit because I haven't got it in my body and I need it so hair of the dog you have some and you feel better immediately if you're having shakes if you're having any sort of side effect from drinking that means it's getting out Mm. of control and if drinking makes that problem go away that's a withdrawal that you've just cured with alcohol and you're not going on the right path there Um, you can't remember going to bed (laughs) yes most of my uh, life and you can't remember what you watched on tv yes tick <laughs> yeah tick 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 you've injured yourself um i was talking mm. to a lady yesterday who had fallen over and injured herself and and woken up and not known how she'd done it and i'm sure a lot of people during the pandemic have done that as well and woken up and think god i've got a black eye or i've done this i've done that and tripped over and you know oh, always there's yes. a sign well, we've talked sign. about that in our episode risk yes. haven't we yes. and if anybody wants to hear all the humiliatingly embarrassing things Vic and i have done yeah. listen to that yeah um health <laughs> 
health risks um, because alcohol can damage your liver, heart, brain, pancreas and immune system. It can raise your odds of getting certain cancers, um, but you still carry on drinking. You're knowing all that. Surely that shows that you've lost control. Yeah. Yeah, because you know this. We all know this stuff, but like we just don't listen to it, do we? Because we don't want to. Yeah, so you want to stop, but you can't. That really sums that up. Mm. Um, It's affecting your family and those around you. Certainly noticeable when you're stuck with them inside the four walls of your home. Yeah, and I would have been terrible, like, being hung over in the pandemic, trying to look after my kids. I just The guilt from that would have been enough to keep me drinking. Mm. So there was no escape if I had been drinking. Interestingly, when I think of the two pandemics, Vic, uh, not the two pandemics, sorry, the two lockdowns that we had during the pandemic, and I I was really drunk for one of them and completely so for the other I actually can't really remember my kids at all in that first lockdown I can't remember us doing stuff together Mm. I can't remember them that's very honest but when I think of the second lockdown where I was sober I've got lots of memories of that lockdown with my kids. Yeah, because a lot of people do, you do create happy memories when you're at home with your children. Well, you remember them and I don't think I was really with them. I was in a world of my own and I was happy for them just to be stuck in their rooms so I could carry on with my drinking. With your whirlwind. Actually, you know, drinking was more important than caring for them at that Mm. stage of my life, which I'm embarrassed to say, but it is the truth. Yeah. It's almost as if they weren't actually there because drinking had consumed every part of me. Gosh. How awful is that? But then you compare that to a lockdown where you're sober. And I can remember all all sitting on the balcony. I can remember us watching movies. I can remember my eldest daughter getting a big canvas and painting it. Nice, yeah. None of that. I mean, they were obviously there and doing similar things. Yeah. But I just wasn't interested because I was too interested in having a drink. I think you have to realise as well, like you say, you're still embarrassed about saying that. But really, Lucy, you were... You were quite unwell. Yes. Like you were quite, there's no guilt there because actually you were unwell and the world is teaching us to drink, especially in those situations. Yeah. So you need to let go of that embarrassment because there's nothing wrong with that and it's good to be honest about it and it will help other people That's by what saying. I'm hoping. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's about that. saying, you know, God, if I've done this and, and you know, and I've managed to get out of it yeah. and I hope people can see that. So if you are coming out of the pandemic and thinking, oh God, I'm never going to be able to stop drinking, if I can do it. Yeah. And if Vic can do it, yeah. you can do it too. Yeah. So, yeah, you feel like you need it. There you go. If you feel like you're wanting a drink mm. more than, you know, yes. more than normal. There's a difference between, want, you know, wanting a drink because, yes, I'd quite like to have a glass, a glass of wine and watch the sun go down and needing a drink. There's yes. a difference between that yeah. um, and drinking for the wrong reasons instead of the right reasons. So the right reasons to drink are usually if there's a celebration, glass yeah. of champagne. The wrong reason to drink is if you're feeling sad or scared or anxious or mm-hmm. tired. They're not the right reasons to drink. Um, if you're making excuses, always making excuses. Yeah, and if you're hiding it, of course, if you're you know hiding it in the cupboard under the sink and not telling anybody about it, then yeah, you've probably got a problem. Which we didn't think we did until we actually did. Yeah, until we discussed it. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, I used to secretly take sips out of everybody's yeah. drinks at the bar so no one could see me. Is that hiding it? I was like, oh yeah, maybe that is. And I used to put wine in the water bottle when yes. I took my kids to the park. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so maybe we are a little bit guilty of that. Well, we were. were. We were. We no yeah. longer are. Um, making... Now I only hide those donuts that I was talking yeah. about last week. <laughs> I'm sort of hiding them in various spots around my house. And I'm like, oh my God, I wish you'd eat the donuts instead of all the cauliflower. <laughs> yeah. 
I did just say to Vic before we start the podcast. So when are you going to end this clean living cauliflower <laughs> diet? <laughs> Hoping it might be soon. It's clean eating, Lucy. It's a way of life. Come on. <laughs> well, it no diets here, it darling. It doesn't smell like it. Let me just say. Um, yeah, so um, feeling lost is something. Yeah, if you feel lost without alcohol, we talked about alcohol being your friend and making you, you think it makes you feel more grounded and yeah. as if you're, you know where you're going, but you actually don't. It's, it's, a, it's a false feeling. Drinking not to feel the stress of everything COVID-19. Well, there's the whole reason why you're drinking right yeah. there. You're feeling stressed. You're leaning on the drink too much. That's becoming a problem. And COVID-19 is everywhere. It still is. If you yeah. turn on the TV, if you look at social media, it's if you look at a newspaper, if you talk to a friend, everyone, even if you go out and you go into a venue and you've got to scan your barcode, you've got yeah. to do this, you've got to do that. Have you been vaccinated? Oh, yeah. Haven't you? Yeah. It is literally taking over our lives. Yeah. And it's it's overwhelming. It's boring. And it's all the things that you would usually pick up a drink for. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a perfect excuse. Mm. Um, drinking not to numb out the reality of, isolation. you know, this isolation yeah. that we're in. Your anxiety levels are up. Yeah, definitely a sign that, you, um, that you're drinking too much if you feel extra anxiety. You look like shit. Look in the mirror. What, what are you <laughs> saying? <laughs> Is this part of the podcast? Are you just saying this? Oh, cheers, Lucy. Part of the podcast. You look amazing, Vic. Oh, thank you. Beautiful. You look like shit. Thanks, darling. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, well, yeah, I mean, look in the mirror sometimes. Yes. I used to, when I was drinking too much, I would look in the mirror and just think, Luce, you look like shit. Yeah. And then I would think it's probably because I drank two and a half bottles of wine last night. Yeah, the bloating yeah. and the... Yeah. Not clear eyes. Yeah, it's yeah. horrible. The human body can't handle that much poison. I think for a lot of people, they end up not looking in the mirror when they're really in those yeah. depths of, of alcoholism. It's like I just avoid mirrors because that is too confronting yeah. for a lot of people. It's shocking looking in the mirror when you've got a hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels like your friend and it makes you feel less alone. Yeah, yeah we've gone over we've that. We've talked about that. Um, you think about drinking in the morning. Yeah, yeah you know, that was something that I think both of us have done at, at certain times in our lives. And then you drink to mask your hangover. Yeah, the hair of the dog, which we mentioned before. And every day is Friday. I mean, that's what in it lockdown, was. lockdown, yeah. Yeah, lockdown. There was no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, was there? No. It was just all blended into one. And there was never, you know, often you sort of try, when you moderate, you say, I'm not going to drink on on Monday or Tuesday. I'm not going yeah. to drink till Wednesday. You know, there was none of that. Everything was blurred. Yeah. Um, and that's another re- reason why people just felt that, um, that why people were drinking too much and why they feel they've now got more of a problem with it now. Yeah. Good points. They're all good points. If you recognise them, you know, you might have identified yourself in any of these points. If so, maybe it's time to stop beating yourself up about it and start acting. Because mm. um, it's only so long you can go, oh yeah, maybe I have, maybe I haven't, maybe I have. Like, just yeah. try and identify it. Yeah, and we're not just... I mean, we are talking about the pandemic in this podcast because it's perfect to be talking about it right now. Yeah, we now. need to talk about <laughs> it. Because everyone else is. We yeah, may as well join well. in. Yeah. But it's really... This advice is for anyone who feels that they're drinking too much. And also, even if you've given up drinking, it's good to look back and think, yeah, I did feel like that. And it cements your decision yes. um, to stay sober. Yeah, and I don't feel those hangovers and anxiety mm. and all those yes, things anymore. Yeah. Like, what a relief. We had a few comments from our listeners. One was from Kat. Um, I just put it out there on Instagram, like anyone who'd who'd had a COVID-related drinking problem. Um, she said, I had a baby in July 2020. As a mum of a newborn and a three-year-old, my drinking got worse. Um, 
having mum time, etc. Any excuse. She was in the UK and she remembers Boris cancelling Christmas, which would have been sad, I guess. Mm. Um, she said she was going to do dry January and the New Year, and it just got worse and worse. And she had an awful hangover after that New Year, and then she gave up. The pandemic was hard, she said. A new baby and a second child was hard. But did alcohol make it any better? Nope, she said. So she realised during the pandemic her, her drinking got worse. And so actually there was a point in the pandemic yeah. where she had to stop. Well, so that's great because some, in some cases what it's done, and I suppose it did for me in a way, it yeah. pushed me really to rock bottom. Yes. Um, and that and, and it was probably part of my the deciding factor to get sober. And I'm really pleased to hear that that happened for cats as well. So, yeah, I mean, for some people that, that spiralling down was a good thing. Yeah, and actually that put them in a situation where they couldn't get away from themselves. Mm. You're in yeah. isolation, you're drinking too much, there's no hiding from it. Yeah, and you can't blame anyone no. else, can you? Because no. you're there on your own. Yeah, you can't blame parties or going <laughs> yeah. out with mates. You're like, well, you're the only person yeah, there, there's exactly. no one else. looking around. Looking in that mirror, <laughs> yeah. Ben from the UK says he already had a drink issue when the lockdown started, but it was social, so he never had to address it. Lockdown proved that he was unable to yeah. control his drinking and has now been forced into into self-reflection. There we go. Yeah, exactly love what we're that, talking ben. about. Really love that. That is so true. You can't blame it on other people. Do you want me to read the next yeah, one? Go on. Okay. So Whitney said, "I have. Um, I'd always been a bit of a booze hound, but the timing of the pandemic, coupled with the deaths of both my parents, turned me into a fu- me into a full-on drinker in the morning to steady my nerves. Not showering for days. Quintessential hobo level alky." She says, "I actually think that the pandemic and the lockdowns that went with it were the best thing for me because socialising wasn't an option. Now though I'm confident in my sobriety jubilant even so socialising is not only a breeze but quite a bit more fun. What a great, great, I love that one. Yeah so they're just showing you like actually the the pressure of the lockdown actually forced people into addressing their problems and then my last one I just wanted to read out Lucy was Lemmy from Dunstable in England which said you're a pair of alcoholic wankers <laughs> with a smiley face. I wasn't quite oh. sure the purpose of that one, but I, oh. it did make me laugh and made me feel slightly offended. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I suppose when you put yourself out there, Vic, you've got to expect a few comments like that. Yeah. But he, he's from Dunstable, yeah. which is really near to Luton. Yeah, shout out to Dunstable, <laughs> you alcoholic wankers. Lely, uh, his name's Lemmy, is it? Lemmy, it says, Lemmy, yeah. I hope that you meant that in a really nice way. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's possible, but hey, Lemmy, <laughs> nice work. Let yeah. us know. Let us know what you <laughs> yeah. meant by that. <laughs> Funny. Um, look, for, for some people, the lockdowns did help them recognise an issue, and, and that's brilliant. And those comments that you've got from um, the listeners that you've put there, Vic, um, I hadn't read through them, and they're really positive. So yeah, they're all that's good, great. actually. Yeah, yeah. That's great to hear. So very briefly, we just want to tell you, they're the same things we go over a lot in our podcast, is mm. why some of the ways you can slow down and quit. We think it's important to keep you know instilling these in you, because these are the ways that you're going to learn how to stop drinking and reflect and understand that perhaps you do have a grey area drinking problem or perhaps a, a more extreme problem since since the pandemic. Yeah. Um, what's the first one there, Luce? Um, admitting to ourselves that something has got to change, a little bit yeah. like what the, we've just read out from those listeners. I think that's the biggie, really, isn't it? That's the start. 
That's yeah. the first step is just recognising that. Acceptance. Yeah, and then admitting to family member that you're struggling to stop. I mean, they're the really, really good steps for you to take if you mm. are struggling since the pandemic is just to go out there and say, look, I'm, I think I might have a drink problem. And don't be embarrassed about it because so many people do. Yeah. It's so yeah. common. Mention, yeah, to, to voice it. Put it yeah. out in the open. Voice it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cancel the wine delivery service. Yes. Those damned wine delivery God, services. bloody texts. I have to tell you, Vic, um, for my my online business that I have, I've been doing some HelloFresh advertising. You know, they send me some free food and I yeah. just have to share it with my audience and talk about it yeah. just to let them know what it's like. And they, they then offered me, I mean, it must be, they must be linked. They're, they're linked with oh, another yeah, company. Oh, yeah, they give vouchers, don't they? Yeah, they then, they then messaged me and said, would you like us to send you a box that, of 12 bottles of wine and you can share your experiences with your audience and I said I don't think that one's for me <laughs> I'd almost like to see what would happen if you did this, this bottle yeah. is very thank very god delicious. I wasn't given that opportunity while I was still yeah, drinking yeah, I would imagine. Ha- I'd have absolutely no followers left yeah, your business would have gone down the drain <laughs> along with those bottles of wine Yeah. so yeah pour the access down the sink uh, as well as the lighter fluid and the mouthwash. Yes, get and, rid and of all of that stuff. Yeah, and get the rid of it. Get yeah. rid of anything that's not good for you. Stick yeah. it down the toilet or down yeah. the sink or Which chuck it in Which is where it bloody well deserves to be. It yeah. doesn't need to be in your beautiful body. Yeah, your lovely body. Um, start reading. Yeah. Oh, I haven't got that. I can't read, Lucy, yet. <laughs> ABC, you weren't working I'm all right on with. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been working on that for years, the alphabet. Fix still but... on the audio books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the next step is being able to read for me. Start swapping drinking times for healthier pursuits. Well, that's an obvious one. I think that actually happens naturally when you give up drinking is that you start to find other things and other mm. interests and activities. Yeah. Well, you have to because you have to fill that time. Yeah. Um, start a diary. That was one of yours, Vic. Yeah. You did that, didn't you? Yeah, I started writing my diary, which became my blog. And that was just my, my huge outlet as to understanding what was going on with and, me. And then it became a book. Which, and then it became yeah. a book, yeah. Which, was Be nev- which is never finished. <laughs> that damn book. Bloody hell. <laughs> haunting me. Um, do a challenge. That's a really good one. I actually spoke to Sai. I had a, a sober meetup this morning, which was a lovely breakfast. And I one of the things I recommended to one of the ladies there was to do a 30-day trial. Uh, sorry, not trial. Um, challenge challenge don't think of it as 30 days think of it as a 30 day start Mm. because once we've said before if the challenge is finished it's like an excuse to go drinking again so any of these challenges don't think of them as having an end think of it as like this is my first 30 days and then I'm going to go for the next 30 days and the next 30 days or even after the 30 days I'm going to make a decision about what I'm going to do so you don't feel like you're doing too much in one go but you might feel really good after 30 days and want to carry on going you will feel good you will feel good that's right and um, yeah, and, and and any level, even if you manage just to stop for a week, anything is good. Give your body a break yeah. from having to break down and some all clarity that alcohol. Yeah. to work out to see what you're doing to yourself. Yeah, definitely. Get therapy is yeah. another one. Understand your worth. We talk about feeling your worth and that you matter. We talk about that a lot. So yeah, just understand that your life is important and you get to live. You know, that's another point is that there's so many people have died and you got to live. So. Know your worth on this planet. You're here for a reason and, and you know, why not live it to its fullest and without numbing yourself yeah, out? Yeah, definitely. There's, there's been so many people dying in the world. Look how lucky we are to be in a safe place. Let's really value our lives. Mm. Um, tell the world there's nothing like a bit of a 
accountability. I mean, we started this podcast when I was six months sober. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest accountability ever. Yeah, it is. Um, but you don't necessarily have to start a podcast, but you can if you want. And uh, my threats, just, the yeah, threats that I'd give yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, Vic has bad dreams, phones me up halfway through the night. You haven't started drinking, have you? <laughs> you know, God, talk about having to stay on the sober path. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my whip yeah. ready. So, yeah, my, my accountability is pretty full on, but yours yeah. doesn't have to be. But make yourself accountable to someone at least. Yes, for sure. That's a really, really good thing to do. Know the facts, the stats and the truth as to what booze is doing to you. I mean, read those stats. They're important. Mm. Understand that they are lives being lost. Yeah, and read books. Read books about being sober because they're full of stats yep. as well. Um, get away from a bit if you can. And I mentioned that because when I did a three-month period of being sober, I actually had to go to hospital in another state for two weeks where obviously I couldn't have a drink. Mm. Um, it was a great starting point to my three months off drinking because mm. I was in a completely different environment where I wasn't allowed to drink. So by the time I finished the two weeks in hospital and went home, I had broken that cycle a little mm. bit. Two weeks isn't enough to break it all together, but yeah. it had certainly given me a really nice head start. So I know it's not always possible, and especially at these times where a lot of us still can't travel. But if you can get away, even for a weekend, just to get that, you know, give yourself a bit of a run up. Yeah, get out of out of your normal yes, routine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, get out of your new, normal routine. Do something nice. Be kind to yourself whilst you're giving up drinking. Yeah, connect with a sober group. And the last one is do it with a mate. So... I think those two are really combined, like to say, find someone who's struggling just like you are right now, if mm. you can, whether it's someone you know or whether it's someone you meet online or whatever, find someone who is going through what you're doing and then do it together. Be mm. like a team, back each other up. There's nothing better than having a sober buddy, as Lucy and I know. You know, we get to go out for high teas and eat biscuits together now, don't yeah. we? That's right. It really does help to have a friend um, on that same path with you. Um, and, you know, if you if you haven't got someone, reach out online mm. through a sober group and see if you can find someone near you because there are going to be so many people who are trying to so sort many. out their alcohol intake in the wake of the pandemic. Um, so you, you are not alone. Um, but basically, the reason for this podcast today is just to get you onto that first step. I mean, that's really the reason for all our yeah, podcasts. Yeah, the admit to ourselves that something must change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just to, to and as we've said before, we are focusing this around the pandemic, but it's for anyone who's thinking about their drinking in any way. Because if you're thinking about it, it's likely that you've got a problem going yeah. on there. Yeah, it's time to grab COVID by the balls, really, isn't it, Lucy? And it not is. allow it to make your life more difficult than it has been in the past 18 months. Mm. The aftermath should not have to involve us all dying from chronic liver disease and COVID-induced alcoholism. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. You know, we've made it through this. What a story to tell your grandkids or whoever that you've made it through a worldwide health pandemic. Now, we never thought we'd be living through a worldwide no. health. And I suppose that's the key word. We've lived through it. Yeah. So let's look after ourselves now. Yeah. And we've got some tips and takeaways. as we, we always do. do. We do love a few good tips at yeah. the end. Okay. Be grateful you're here and you have eternal opportunities to change and grow. Realise how lucky you are. Sadly, five million people have died during the pandemic so far. But you are still here, so give life all you've got and give hangovers the heave-ho. Don't feel ashamed of your lockdown drinking habit. It was your way of coping. Shame is what keeps people drinking, so leave that bullshit in the bin next to judgment and self-loathing. Yep. 
It's time to wake up from the nightmare. You can spend the next few months continuing with your one bottle of wine a night habit or two bottles of wine mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Allow it to get worse and keep moaning about how awful you feel or you can stop it in its tracks and do something about it. Don't let COVID win this battle. You have the winning card. Play it now. Now the lockdowns are over, be careful of attempting moderation. In our experience, it only prolongs the agony. The continuous failures just make you feel more bad about yourself. And you'll want to drink more to drown that out. If you're questioning, it's time to draw a line in the, sta- in the sand and start down that difficult yet truly wonderful path to sobriety. Be clear with friends that your drinking since lockdown has become out of control. Admit to them you were drinking too much and you're trying to stop. If COVID has taught us anything, it's to respect our fellow humans and to be kind to one another as you never know what's around the corner. You never know, your friends might be struggling too and they need someone to start the conversation for them. Yeah, and it's a lot about starting that conversation with mates, isn't it? Talking about alcohol and how it's working and how it's not. Because I think most of it will find it's not. So, yeah, grab that grab that struggling friend and start a sober group. Do sober activities together. Go for breakfast instead of dinners. Find someone that is feeling the way you do and be in this together because you're going to have to start socialising again. That's something that's going to happen. So you need to be prepared somehow that it's going to be different than it was before. Mm. Um, yeah, go to our podcast on First Sober Shindig. Um, I think it's number four, I think, in the first series. And that's going to prepare you for, for what it's going to be like coming out of lockdown and being alcohol-free. Yeah, in fact, um, I'd go a bit further than that, Vic, and say if you haven't listened to our other episodes and you are thinking about stopping drinking, go right back to the beginning and listen to each one because there's advice in all of them um, to help you give up and to help you emerge um, as a sober being into this drink uh, drink fueled world. Um, Simplify life. Do healthy stuff instead of destructive stuff. Eat well. Exercise more. Say no if you don't want to go. I'm really good at that. Well done, Lucy. (laughs) Just stop drowning out your life because there doesn't seem to be anything else. There is something else and it's called sobriety. It won't solve all your problems, but it will make you capable of facing them head on. So true. It's your choice whether you allow COVID to be the thing that broke you or the thing that made you. Like those people that sent us the emails. It's been the thing that's broken their habit. Yeah. So that's incredible. And even just talking in this podcast to you, Vic, because of the timing of me giving up, I do think that, yeah, the lockdown was probably something that pushed me faster towards the rock bottom that I needed to get to. So I'm sure, and if anyone's got any good news stories about, you know, more of them about having gone through a lockdown and actually stopping you drinking, please uh, write in and tell us because uh, we we like good news stories because they give hope to us. People, yeah, and we'll read, them out, we can read sure. them out. Yeah, um, as always, we recommend going to see your local GP if you're struggling with alcohol. Get a mental health plan and get therapy. Don't be shy to get as much support as you can. You deserve it. Yeah. I think we just wanted to add at the end that we hope everyone's doing okay out there. I know this little podcast, you know, has an impact on a few people, which we're lucky enough to get emails from every week saying how it's helping them and how it's helping change their lives. And we just want to speak to you directly and say, you know, we hope you're okay and we hope your family are okay because we realise a lot of people would have lost loved ones during this time. We know this has been tough for people all over the world and that things 
have felt a little bit out of control and alcohol has been the answer that's been within easy reach. But we can assure you, me and Lucy, it will only make matters worse. It's like pouring petrol on a flame. It will affect your mental health and leave you feeling full of shame and sadness. So don't reach for it, reach for help. I think it's really important to say, you know, we know that it's shit and we know that you've had a hard time and you've got mental health issues and anxiety and all of those things. But there is a sense of, look, we've been through this. We've come out the other side now. Let's try and let's try and live our lives. Mm, let's and let's try, get back yeah, to yeah, normal. Try, yeah, try and put the pieces back together where things have fallen apart during the pandemic. And to, as I said at the very beginning, to, to be kind to yourself and don't get annoyed that you might have fallen apart a little bit. I think yeah. we all fell apart a bit. We've yeah. all changed. Um, you know, we've been up and down on this roller coaster that is the pandemic, and um, no one has come out of it unscathed. No, um, and some of it. Some of us have had harder experiences than others. Um, and never think your experience isn't enough to warrant help. Yeah. You know, if you're struggling in any way, there is help out there. Mm. So go and get it. Yes. Yeah, so we just wanted to read a quote. Lucy, I'll hand this over to you. Oh, am I reading the quote? Yeah, it's just the Billy Connolly one. We're both, we just oh, worked out yes. today we're both reading the same book at the same time, aren't we? Yeah, that is so funny, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. God, that's typical. And I love this quote. I decided to stop drinking when it was still my idea. Yeah, good. I love that. Before you get dragged off by an interventionalist. (laughs) In a white coat. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) His book is called Windswept and Interesting. It's both Lucy and I happen to be both reading it at the moment. So I just wanted to end on a poem today, Lucy. Yes, this is a lovely poem. Okay, it's by Kitty O'Meara. It's one I've heard a few times during the pandemic, but I just thought I'd read it out because it it really does sum up everything that we say and we want to always try and end on a positive note, don't we, Lucy? Okay, this is by Kitty O'Meara. In the time of the pandemic. And the people stayed home and they read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learnt new ways of being and were still. And they listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced. Some met their shadows. And the people began to think differently. And the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. That is brilliant. And it really, I'm going to use a word, it resonates. I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh, God. I mean, She's they, done they, it. They She's grieve, gone for it. <laughs> they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live. And that's yep. what we're saying here. You yep. can do all of that. Yeah, and you faced your shadows, like those dark things that are following you around. You can face them and and actually don't allow the shadow to kind of creep into every pore of you and just go, mm. right, this is this is an opportunity for change. I mean, you could treat, you know, it's different. It's easy for us to say living here in Australia where it's been okay, but... But perhaps we can all learn something from it and just say, look, it's an opportunity for us to to be more respectful to each other and mm. to the planet and to to the world and just be like, well, we've lived through this and, and now we're going to get on with our lives and, yeah. and be happy that we're going to be here. better people for it. Yeah. And when can we book those plane tickets back to yeah. the UK? Can I That's borrow, what can I I borrow a tenner, actually? <laughs> no, fuck off. <laughs> I'm a bit skint. No. I need healing. <laughs> 
going to give me a massage? I'll tell you, I have some more cake. Stop you eating all that damned cauliflower. <laughs> just fill my face, then I'm happy, like a little pig in mud. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're really easy to keep happy. I <laughs> yeah. just have to stuff a donut in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, dear. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That was a really lovely chat. Thank you, Lucy. Yeah, thanks, Vic. Thank you for listening to the Sober Awkward podcast. If alcohol is affecting your life in a negative way, if you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for help. Contact your local doctor, a therapist or connect with your local AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yes, go onto Facebook and just search Drunk Mummy, Sober Mummy, the group. Lucy and I both agree that even though this journey can be awkward, it's definitely worth it. And if we can do it, you can too. For more support on sobriety, head to Vic's website, drunkmummysobermummy.com. And Lucy runs an online space to support and inspire single mums. Find out more at beanstalkmums.com.au. Finally, if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, review and share it with your mates. Don't make it sound like they have to, though. No, they do have to. I'm not doing all this for nothing, Lucy. Hi there. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness, to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? No, probably ones with moody, moody sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folk. Yes, yes, okay, yeah, good, yeah. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. Yeah. You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audiobook will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny-weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. <laughs> my teeny little wooden heart. Well, his, teeny little, his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, now. go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Yeah. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another yeah, five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> 